Folks, the season is kicking off next week, and the Winnipeg Jets will be opening at home against the New York Rangers. And for the Jets, obviously, this is a really big deal. This is a great chance to kick off the season with some excitement, maybe even some drama. And the Jets are still trying to figure out in between what their lineup is going to look like. I've given my best attempt at maybe what uh, we could see on opening night against the Rangers, and we'll talk about who I want to see and what combos I think might work the best as we start off this very interesting and unpredictable season for the Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. Happy uh, Friday before hockey kicks off next week in earnest for the regular season. It's been a long wait. I'm sure y'all are excited. And of course, we are eagerly looking forward to talking about the Jets this season and sharing in hopefully what is a good year with y'all. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. It'll help keep you up to date as we roll through this season and get started with some really good hockey. And of course, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, I wanted to try and figure out how to make this Jets team not suck. Uh, we've done this before, and after like preseason and camp, I feel like this is maybe a more passable look for what I could see the Jets rolling with as we head into um, what could be a very unusual season. This year, I think the Jets are trying to uh, maybe make some changes around the organization, make some upgrades and hopefully try and find something that works for this team to get it to, I don't know, playoff contention. Who even knows what their plan is? I honestly wish I knew because uh, thus far the Jets have been really cagey about it. But there are some players who I think have really earned their spot on this team. And we'll start off with, like I guess, the gimmies, right? This is going to be the easiest part of the whole roster because these are the lines of what we expect, and I, I don't think anyone's really going to be too shocked at these combos. The first line is going to be Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers. Now, personally, I don't entirely love this unit uh, myself. I feel like this is the one that um, Bones is going to roll with because he's trying to find players that really move uh, in transition quickly and can create off-the-rush counters, which I think this line would be better at doing. My problem with it is that defensively, these guys are going to concede a lot. And so Shively is going to have to do a lot more two-way transition work and also be willing to really back check. He's done it something uh, a bit more frequently during during the preseason, and he's looked very engaged, but I don't know what that means for the start of the regular season. Um, of course, Connor, we know, is a defensive sieve. That's not really changing. And I think Connor might actually test Bones' patience, especially with his lack of defensive involvement. Um, but I, I mean, it is what it is, right? You sort of know what you're getting with him. He's going to be like a 40, 50 plus goal scorer. He's not really going to contribute on, um, defensive markings and stuff. It's just what you sort of have to accept with him. 
Now, Ehlers, I, I think, is going to be a really great player for Rick. I think he's going to really enjoy him. I think Ehlers will thrive in the system where there's a lot more aggression from the blue line. There's a lot more puck support, and he'll have more outlets to work with as he starts creating perimeter plays and generating off of that. So the first line, look, I, I wouldn't say this is my ideal situation and arrangement, but I feel like given what we know about uh, how Bonus has seen the team so far, I feel like that's going to be the combo that he sticks with on the first line. The second line looks like it's going to be Perfetti, Dubois, and Wheeler. This unit, I think, has some real opportunities to be very dangerous. Uh, Dubois' preseason for me hasn't exactly been amazing. Uh, it's not been terrible. It just feels like maybe parts of his game were a little bit more mediocre than I was hoping for, and at times it, it didn't really wow me, right? But Towards the, the latter part of the preseason, I thought he started looking more and more like classical Dubois, had a couple of nice points and stuff. And so, yeah, you know, I expect him to be on the second line role unless somebody else really changes that. There was a scenario where we saw Perfetti, Lowry, and Wheeler together. This line looked like it had pretty good chemistry. Um, I don't really feel that Lowry is a second line center, though. I think you need a little bit more finishing ability, a bit better distribution. Not that Lowry is particularly bad at this. I just feel like for that second line role, you need the most skilled offensive producers to really anchor that top six. And in this case, Dubois is going to be that guy. Perfetti, of course, we know is just a dynamite player, a magic player, a guy who has like eyes in the back of his head. And it feels like Wheeler actually was kind of on the same page with, with Cole on a number of occasions, which is stuff that I want to see. Uh, I think Wheeler can still be a very useful player, the only thing is, you know, if this if this second line's playing a lot, you know, how much um, mileage is is Wheeler going to log on those skates, and is he going to be able to keep up with this unit that's going to be younger, uh, faster, and have more stamina? So I, I don't know. Um, I feel like that's just what they're trying to go with to keep Wheeler relatively appeased. I, I think to a degree, Bones wanted to upset the cart, but he didn't want to piss off Wheeler entirely, and so we're kind of like in this weird state of being in a little bit of like a half measure, right? It's not the most ideal arrangement, but I feel like these two first and second lines are going to be okay enough. Mm, the other thing that I really do worry about is like how much scoring it's going to be capable of doing. Uh, the first line I think will be very productive. The second line I think could be decent, but the finishing ability might be in question. It's something we're just going to have to sort of play by ear and see what happens. I, I do think, the Jets having a really low shooting percentage last year is not going to improve that much this season unless they make some really big acquisitions or maybe they bring in like a, a Brad Lambert or something as an audition and he just sort of starts lighting it up and becomes the player that you just can't send back down. So weird situation with this top six. I mean, it's it's decent, but you look at like true competitors and it just feels like there's something still missing, right? There's like this elite high-end uh, goal-scoring presence that the Jets are, are still lacking somewhere. So they'll have to figure that out. But um, honestly, from my perspective, I I think like the bottom lines might be, for me, the most ideal uh, arrangements of skills that I've been able to match up so far. But we'll talk about who's going to be on the third and fourth, as well as the D pairings in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season, whether you're looking for college stuff or pro stuff. They've got all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. 
whether you're looking for stuff from more historical seasons up until the present, or maybe even interested in NFL or NCAA futures. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it hooked up for you. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, up to the minute scores, and just about everything else for all of your favorite sports, whether you're into baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. If you like Triple Crown horse racing, they've also got that. And if you don't like sports, which why are you listening to me talk? Um, Well, they've still got Vegas casino games for you. And of course, you know, they just want to be something for everyone and they want you to have fun. So register for a free account at betonline.net and you can do so with your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are uh, talking about, of course, Winnipeg's potential lineups as they head into the regular season. We've mostly gone through all of the preseason matchups. We're trying to figure out how the Jets are supposed to make this team look, you know, relatively passable, right? It's going to be a challenge, if I'm being honest. But I still have a modicum of faith that maybe the Jets can get something out of their depth players and make this team look a little bit more fun. Before we kick off and talk about the third and the fourth lines, as well as the deep pairings, just wanted to say thanks again so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, peeking back at the third line, I've, I've tried to come up with something that I think is is passable. Uh, it, it's not great, but I think it's relatively going to be serviceable. I think that's probably the best way I can describe things. Um, the Jets, again, don't have a lot of elite finishing talent anywhere past the first line um, and even the second line. So, you know, the deeper you go, the less goal scoring prowess you have. And that means the Jets are going to be a little bit rough. So you need to rely on other um, skill sets and maybe even space creation or defensive reliability to try and compensate for that. That's why I feel like the third line should be Sakuma Nalainen, Adam Lowry, and Sam Gagne. Now, I feel like this unit is kind of a balance of a couple of things. Gagne is like the the, the new addition um, in terms of like free agents that the Jets have brought in. And Sam, you know, he's a wily veteran. He's been around for a while. And look, he's never going to be like a 40 or 50 goal scorer for this team. But I think if you want a guy who modestly improves your team's shooting percentage, who has been around the league and brings that that little bit of veteran savvy, who understands where to be in order order to poach goals and can be a solid playmaking either center or winger, Gagne's a safe enough choice. He was cheap. Um, He he brings some decent goal scoring prowess. Again, he's not going to be like an elite high end player, but. For your third line with Lowry and Manalainen, I think it's going to be decent enough. Saku, for his part, is going to be the guy who does a lot of the transition work. I think his ability to create space around the faceoff circles and to create passing lanes around the slot makes him a really dangerous player and somebody who, you know, it's going to be difficult to try and mark out. He was also really physically aggressive during preseason. I expect we'll see that forechecking prowess again, and he'll probably even ruffle some feathers, which may mean he draws some penalties. You love a good power play, Saku might agree, and hopefully Menelainen can keep on that pressure and force teams to uh, really come at him, which I think really plays to his strength of being super strong on the puck and just a fun player to really try and sort of launch at opponents and watch him be like a human wrecking ball. Lowry as your third line center, I I wouldn't personally do myself, but um, I think this is how the coaching staff is going to deploy him. And if he can show some offensive prowess this year i don't think it's the worst Uh, i just wonder what exactly he can really accomplish this season i've always seen him as more of like a really elite fourth line center but as a 3c i think he'll be modest 
Uh, hopefully the change in Bones system will actually allow him to be a more active offensive engagement um, and really start to score some points for this team because he signed for many years and the Jets frankly need a little bit more from them than, than they got last season. So hoping for a big year from Lowry and maybe he'll find some chemistry with Manalainen and Gagne to really shoot the lights out. Now, the fourth line, uh, this one is probably going to be, um, I don't know if it's going to be controversial, but we've got Morgan Barron, David Gustafson, and Mason Appleton as a unit together. I think these guys, uh, as a trio of AHL veterans now, will have some really good chemistry. Uh, I don't know if Gus and Appleton have ever played together at the minor league level, but you know, Barron, of course, he's he's coming from Hartford. He's had some NHL games, and I feel like these skill sets together will make a really good fourth line that should have, you know, some some modest defensive value and maybe even some scoring prowess with Barron as he's shown some pretty decent offensive chops. And Gus, we know, is a great passer. He's an excellent two-way presence, and he understands how to create opportunities and keep play alive inside the offensive zone better than you know most other players that you've seen playing in this position. So I think Barron, Gustafson, and Appleton can be really decent. I, I don't know that it's going to be like an elite fourth line, but, you know, maybe even if you give them like third minute splits with that third line, you could have two really good balanced depth units that offer you something different. And you can maybe change around some of the players to give these units a different look if you find the chemistry doesn't work. Now, you might be wondering where Harkins is, and I've kind of frozen him out, not because he's been terrible, but I just don't know that he provides quite as much as I want him to for the role that we have with uh, needing some like good two-way presence, some decent scoring chops and consistency in the game. And I think Harkins just hasn't really shown enough for that role. Uh, maybe he'll get a position just because he's the senior guy. He's been around longer, but I don't know. I just really haven't felt like in preseason he's outshined any of the players that I've brought in here. And I think those guys can honestly give us a little bit more in terms of scoring prowess and just general offensive consistency than what we're going to see with Jansen. Uh, Stenland is also currently like the 13th forward. I feel like uh, Kevin is the kind of guy I wouldn't, wouldn't mind like rotating in. Maybe you need to rest somebody. Maybe you need to um, give a guy a couple of games to try and heal from like a minor injury. I think Stenland's going to be ideal for that. In fact, I wouldn't even be shocked if he made the lineup out of camp. Um, he's been very active this year. I think during the preseason, he's looked very good. I could see him maybe supplanting one of the other players like David Gustafson if Gus is a player that they really want, you know, captaining the moose. But I feel like Gus probably will get the fourth line role. He's had a really good camp as well. And I think he's been even more assertive. So you know, for now, Kevin is kind of in the reserves, but we'll see if he gets a crack at the lineup later and maybe even cycles in if somebody gets hurt. But uh, as you've noticed, there's no Brad Lambert. I don't know that Lambert is really going to get more than a few games, so I'm not going to like pencil him in yet. I think it's going to be some time before he really makes his team. But, you know, there is uh, a chance here and there for him to maybe make this team, especially if any of these guys get hurt or maybe even the Jets just want to go in a different direction. We'll see. And uh, of course, keep an eye on that. But we haven't talked about the defense yet. That's our next port of call. We'll talk about the deep pairings that I think make the most sense and why I'm willing to take some chances here and there in just a little bit. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We are wrapping up with uh, our our end of preseason lineups heading into the regular season, trying to figure out what we might see uh, against the New York Rangers. And for the Jets on defense, I think the first pairing is going to be very easy. It's Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello together. That pairing is like peanut butter and jelly. It just works, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it. And I think DeMello doesn't really need to play with anyone else right now because no one else really needs his his presence immediately. And I think that pairing, you know, if it if it's like working, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Um, only break it if somebody else very clearly shows that they can keep up with Morrissey and that he can play his game the way he wants, which would allow DeMello to maybe chaperone one of the rookies. Now, the second pairing is not going to be ideal. It's Dylan and Pionk. I think this pairing is like a serviceable unit. I don't love it, but you know, given your alternatives, I think this makes the most sense. I don't want to pair a rookie with Pionk because Neil has been a little bit more chaotic in the defensive zone recently. And with the kids being maybe a little bit turnover prone, maybe a bit inexperienced, I think you just need to give him like the more veteran partner in Dylan who can kind of make up for some of those issues and compensate as best he can. Uh, again, is it how I would do it personally? Probably not, but I just don't really see any other alternatives. Um, now, the third pairing is where we're going to get some pushback, I think. Uh, I think it should be Heinola and Schmidt. Now, I know, what you'll, I know what you'll say. This is not a very defensive pairing. It's going to be very offensively gifted, but maybe not give you a lot elsewhere. And it is true. I think this is very much uh, a one-sided pairing, but I think in terms of like transition skill, offensive acumen, passing, shooting ability, all the stuff that Bonus would want to give um, to the forward support, I think these guys can bring in spades. Uh, together, they've shown that they're very mobile and that they're very fast, which I think can kind of compensate for some of the lack of defensive awareness. It's not going to save them every game. Uh, there will be nights where it's going to be really rough, but I think if you let Villy start to work out the kinks and figure out the game at the NHL level a little bit more, you're going to see better results. And Schmidt honestly just needs somebody who thinks at the level that he does and can play really quickly and, and offensively. And I think Heinola makes the most sense. If you were to swap in Sandberg, I, I don't think like Sandberg Schmidt's going to be terrible. I just sort of wonder what level of impact Dylan's going to really bring. Uh, you're looking at a more conservative two-way defender, but you know Sandberg thus far has struggled honestly as much as Heinola has. Um, so it's not like I'm really counting on either of these guys to be steadfast rocks on the back end. I do think that they have their issues. And Sandberg, I think long-term, will slide in eventually on the third pairing anyways. I think he'll be able to do that well. I think it's going to be a role that will suit him. But for the time being, I just feel like with what Bonus wants and what this team honestly needs in transition and offense, uh, Heinola for me has done more to earn that spot in, and play that role. So we'll see how this pairing would work out. Uh, I don't know if Heinola is actually going to get the spot. Um, I think Sandberg might be considered the safer, you know, less rock the boat option, but, you know, safe as death. That's famously what uh, John Tortorella put on the locker room entrance at one point. He got rid of it, but, you know, I think this team just needs to, you know, accept and acknowledge that it's not going to be an ideal situation. They're not going to be able to defend situations the way they want to, and that's okay. If you're not going to be able to defend as effectively as you want to, then focus on doing the thing that you're best at, and that could be creating offense. So let the blue line eat, let them do what only, you know, only they can do. 
offense and defense be darned, you know, just, just to create more opportunities and outscore your opponents because you know you're not going to be able to, con- you know, stop conceding stuff, but you've got a Vesna caliber goalie just waiting there. You can kind of afford to let Hellebuck deal with the issues that you can't. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this lineup. Be sure to let me know at your living local and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. Send me your lineups. Let me know what you think about the combos and who you would want in. Um, Hopefully the Jets give us something really fun either way. I wouldn't mind seeing some more rookies also getting a run out, but you know, we'll take things if one step at a time, but again, as always, be sure to let me know those combos anywhere you want, and uh, maybe we'll discuss it in a future episode. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the world of hockey, all at your fingertips. And as always, it's free to subscribe. So thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.